Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at relevantradio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you here for this hour of spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So do you like eating at restaurants that have a buffet? In the town I grew up in, we had an old country buffet. I've lived places where there have been a Golden Corral. I think there's Chinese buffet restaurants all over the place. And it's not quite as popular anymore, but when I was growing up, as a kid, there were all kinds of restaurants that had that salad bar there somewhere in the restaurant. Eat as much salad as you want. I could still do the salad bar today, but I really don't eat at buffets anymore. I loved them when I was young. My kids still do. You know, you have a wide variety of choices. You can go back as many times as you want. And then there's the dessert options. When you're a child, unlimited dessert, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not a bad thing. And then especially as a teenager or in college when I was eating so much uh, at every meal, those of you who have teenage boys or, you know, you, you had teenagers in the house, you probably experienced this where they can eat so much food for those few years as they're growing uh, at such a, a fast pace. Yeah, so for at that age, a buffet was great, you know, eating as much as you wanted. But now as an adult, I've gotten to a point where, like I said, I, I don't really go to buffets any longer. First of all, it's just quality. You know, when the food is produced in those large quantities and then it ends up sitting out for a while, it's just typically not as good as if you order it and it's made fresh for you on the spot. Yet, even if the buffet... Even if it has really, really good quality food, and I've been to some that have great food, but I still find myself avoiding these restaurants. And this is because, simply, I end up eating too much. I eat too much for a couple of reasons. One is the food's just available. You know, if I fill up one plate with a variety of things to try, well, there's no way that I'm going to try every single thing. And some of those other things that are out there, they still look tasty. So I'm going to go back and get some of those on a second trip. Then there's, again, that dessert section that caught my eye. A couple of things over there look pretty good. I've gotten better with self-control, but it's easier altogether just to eat someplace else rather than go to a buffet. The second reason, though, that I eat too much is because I know I've paid that cost for a buffet. So even though I might not be hungry, I eat a bit more than I should because I feel like I need to get my money's worth. And I know, I, I know intellectually this is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous season, a reason to eat more, even if I, I already feel close to being full, but I do it anyway. And then after I feel, I have that kind of, you know, that uncomfortable 
little bit too full feeling. And even when I've eaten that extra little bit, that plate of food that I didn't need, but I, I paid for a buffet, so I can't only eat just one plate of food. After all of that, I'm still not happy. I'm not thinking what a great value I got for my food. Uh, I, I'm just not feeling very good at all because I ate too much. So I typically avoid buffets now. But every once in a while, our kids, they'll still ask if we can go eat at one of those buffet restaurants. And we'll go just to make the kids happy. But that's when I have to make that resolve ahead of time. I have to say to myself, regardless of the food options, how good things might look or how much I might have paid for my meal, I need to eat the proper amount of food for myself. I have to be much more disciplined because if I don't, if I don't make that resolve ahead of time before I walk into the restaurant, it's very likely that temptation to overeat is going to get the best of me. Now, temptations, they come in all different shapes and sizes. And some things that are a temptation for you might not be tempting for others, especially maybe if an addiction is involved. But sometimes it might be a small temptation, something that doesn't have that big of an impact on you. Other times, you might face a temptation that if you give in, it has serious consequences. So today, we want to talk about temptations, the ones we face in our lives, and more importantly, practical ways that we can avoid and resist temptations. And joining us is our spiritual director here for the hour, Father Brian O'Brien is back with us once again. He is a priest in the Diocese of Tulsa. Father O'Brien is the pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and he's the associate director of vocations for the diocese. Father O'Brien, glad to have you back here. Have you been to a buffet lately? Uh, I don't think I have, Josh. Uh, you know, co- COVID, COVID knocked out a lot of buffet places. Yeah, that's there was right. A good, there was a good Chinese food buf- buffet place here in Stillwater, uh, and, it, and it closed down due to COVID. So I, I honestly have not been to one in, in quite some time, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. Mine's by choice, not by uh, lack of, of options. But but talking about temptation today, um, let's just start with very basics. Can you help us understand what temptation is and also what it is not? You know, when we talk about temptation, it's always important for us to have that understanding. Temptation is not itself sin. So can you help us understand what we are talking about as we dive into this topic today? So yeah, so everyone, I mean, everybody has an experience of it, and so we can, we sometimes we can talk about our experiences of temptation, but not kind of get down to what it is. So really, temptation is um, something that is kind of coming at you, pu- pulling you, pushing you, uh, cajoling you into a, a, a certain action um, that. I guess on one hand can be good, you know, so we talk about like peer pressure, you know, so there can be positive peer pressure, you know, Hey, I'm on a, I'm on a sports team and my team is urging me to, to run faster and work harder and run that extra lap, you know, that can be a, you know, a positive, but generally when we talk about temptation, we're talking about towards the negative. Um, and so a, a thought, um, uh, you know, a lot of times it's in our heads, um, something that that's pulling us, pushing us, cajoling us towards the choice of something that ultimately will not be good for us. Temptation. 
So something it's pulling us towards something that is not good for us most of the time, but it's not sin itself. And I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things I think we as humans might struggle with is if we, especially if we have a, a regular sin that we keep on going back to confession for, we're going to be tempted in that area most likely. And we might feel guilt about that sin. And then when you struggle, even if you resist, it still might evoke that bit of guilt that you've had in the past. And that can be kind of this fine line where it feels like, ah, oh, I was really struggling with that temptation. I don't think I gave in. But there can be a little bit of unknown there, I think, for a lot of us of, did I did I go too far as I was trying to resist that? But I, you know, <laughs> I kind of walk too close to it, maybe closer than I should. Um, you know, does that make sense, Father? It does. So yeah, there's a, there's, there's a gray area, you know, uh, you know, I hear a lot of confessions, which is wonderful and beautiful, you know, and a lot of times there's a, there's a theme, you know, of just, you know, I was, I was like tempted to do this and I'll oftentimes will jump in, you know, and just say, okay, like tempt, like you were tempted, but did you, but did you do it? Oh no, no, I didn't do it. And I said, okay, great. Like, good. Like there, there is a, I think all of us need to, uh, people of faith, we need to draw a clear line between I was tempted versus I gave in to that temptation. Um, because these these ideas, you know, I, I, I think it's happened to everybody. You're just, you know, you're doing something sort of innocuous. You're just, you're working at your desk, you're driving down the road, you're eating dinner, and like a thought comes. I mean, really, like, a, you know, some of those great spiritual masters in our in our faith have called it, you know, like an, an, an intrusive thought. And you're just like, where did that, like, what the heck? Where, like, where did that come from? And, you know, a lot of times, we, you know, we, we just, we can dismiss it because we're in the middle of something, we're busy. But when we are, you know, when when we're bored, when we don't have something that takes our mind away from it, suddenly that intrusive thought towards, you know, it, it, towards food, towards sex, towards whatever it may be, um, towards gossip, you know, there's all kinds of things that we're tempted to do. Um, there's sort of nothing to 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 stop it, and so we go with it. It's we stay with it, and that's where that's where it becomes sin when when we choose to to, to intrusive thought comes not a sin, but I'm choosing to stay with it. I'm choosing to act on it. That intrusive thought that's not a sin then becomes sin because of my giving into it because of my action. So we want to make that distinction between kind of the thought and the action or the thought and following through on the action. Um, oftentimes can be something that people don't really think about or, or and, and, can, and can confuse when it comes to their own faith and especially when it comes to the sacrament of confession. So it might be good to look at some examples. Um, you know, I think there's probably two of the most famous examples of temptation. There's the Garden of Eden, and then there's also Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And maybe we can start with the second, the with Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And this is right after his baptism. He's been there, uh, baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. He goes into 
the uh, the wilderness. This is just before he begins his public ministry, and the one I'm specifically looking at is in St. Luke's Gospel, and it's in the fourth chapter. And in that, uh, the first temptation that Jesus faces, he's hungry. Satan tells him to turn a stone into bread. Uh, when we look at this first temptation, I, I guess what maybe stands out to you? What should we? What should be our takeaway in Jesus and the way he resists this temptation that's posed to him by Satan? Yeah. So, so I, it always gives me great comfort to know that that even Jesus was tempted. Now we know that Jesus, fully God, fully man, Jesus never sinned. That Jesus did not give in to that temptation. But he knows what it's like. Um, and so when, when we say, you know, I think oftentimes we can sort of see Jesus as, you know, kind of above us, apart from us. But really, Jesus understands us. You know, we, we say, in, I love the, the 23rd Psalm I give to people all the time. You know, even when I walk in a dark valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Like that, that Jesus is with us. He's walking with us. He understands what, what we're going through. Um, even when we're tempted, right? Because so, Jesus himself uh, was tempted in a very real way. Um, and so I think, I think that's, that's an important just point for anyone struggling with temptation to understand that when we ask Jesus for help, um, Jesus understands what we are going through. And you can read about that in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus himself was tempted uh, by the devil. So when he's tempted by the devil, you know, another thing that might be good to acknowledge is that this happens at the end of Jesus's time where he has been fasting. He's been there in the wilderness for 40 days, and Satan comes to Jesus when he then is physically at his weakest point. He doesn't, he doesn't come to him at the beginning of the 40 days. It's after. And, you know, even... For us, if we've been spending a lot of time in prayer, if we've been able to grow closer to God in our spiritual life, Satan, he knows he's going to be strategic about when it's best to try and attack us. He can be patient. He can wait until that time where we are physically weak, we're, we're compromised, and it might make us more susceptible to giving in to temptation. So if we're going to be fasting or doing something else that just kind of taxes us physically, just practically speaking, it might be wise to make sure that anything else we can do that helps to keep us healthy as possible, we're doing that, you know, getting enough sleep, uh, uh, you know, um, whatever it might be. But, um, but yeah, Satan, he, he knows when it's going to be the most difficult for Jesus to resist that temptation when he's at his, you know, he, he's he's gone this far, and he's probably thinking, okay, I'm ready to go back into town. Oh, it's going to be nice to finally eat again. But um, before that happens, that's where Satan appears. Yeah, and I think think about in our, in our in your own life, like when when does temptation come to you and me, whoever's listening? When when like when are we most tempted, right? And I think a lot of people will will have some experience of yeah, when I'm. Like at the end of the day, like late at night. Well, yeah, yeah. Think, so put get, put yourself in the in the feet of Jesus. You know, he, at the end of his fast, when he might have been at his weakest, in comes in comes Satan. So when does when does temptation come to us? I learned a, a great acronym. We learned it in in seminary, and I share it with my people all the time. And 
Um, the, the acronym is just is, is HALT, H-A-L-T. And that is we have to be very careful of temptation when we are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Think about that. When you're, when you, uh, when I'm hungry, like I'm not in a good mood. I'm, I kind of want to, you know, I, I'm ready to, I, my, my temper can be short or I, you know, I'm just kind of shorter with people when I'm, when I'm hungry. Um, when I'm angry, if, if somebody has, something has disturbed me, um, if I'm angry about something going on in the world or something in my own life, right, I'm much more easily, easily give in to temptation. Lonely, right, when you're, when you're not, you don't have the companionship of, of, of others, um, your your spouse is away. There, there's that loneliness can can set in, and then tired, right? When we don't have enough sleep, um, temptation is it's just so much easier to give in on. So I would just encourage people, right? Maybe write that down: hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you're if you're hungry, um, eat, eat something, eat something, and and that temptation is much less likely um, to be there. Now, don't go over the top, of course. Um, but anyway, that, that's a nice little acronym that I use a lot in the, my ministry yeah. here in the parish, and I think is helpful for people. Well, and I, I've heard that one before, too, and I remember hearing somebody talk about it, and they said, yeah, you know, you you can sometimes have one of those that hit you, and, and it commonly will. I mean, there's going to be points where all of us are hungry or angry or lonely or tired, and if it's one, you can try and rectify that you can try and correct it as soon as possible but even when you find yourself hungry or angry or lonely or tired one of those you can still usually resist temptation if you have two of them if you're hungry and you're tired or yeah. you're hungry and you're lonely then all of a sudden it makes it a little more dicey uh if you have three of those three of the four well gosh you're really going to be fighting an uphill hill battle so it's really good to take stock of where you are in regards to some of those things that can make you more susceptible to temptation. One of them you might be yeah. able to resist, two of them getting a little a little less likely, three of them you're you're walking on very thin ice. Yeah, and I think to have that and I think for all of us to have that personal awareness uh to just kind of take stock of okay, where I am. Okay, I am I am really tired. Okay, this would not be a good time to be around my friends with whom I frequently gossip. Um, I'm really mm, tired. Okay. okay, this would not be a time to go to the grocery store uh, or to go to that buffet, you know, because I'm much more likely to to give in or or to watch, you know, late night television um, that that can be so harmful and has, you know, this is not not a great time to scroll through my phone when I'm hungry and angry or lonely or tired. Talking with Father Brian O'Brien today here on The Inner Life about how we resist temptation. And how about you? When have you faced temptation and how have you been able to overcome it? What are some strategies or maybe some helpful ways that allow you to stay strong when you are tempted? How has God helped you in those moments, especially where you recognize your own weakness? 
Maybe there's something you're going through right now and you're not sure how you can avoid that temptation. It's something you struggle with and it seems like it's getting the best of you. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father O'Brien. Our phone number here in the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And we'll be back in just a moment here. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. not necessarily the song, it's the group, right? The Temptations. Hi, welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and today we are talking about the temptations that we face in our lives. Not the band, <laughs> not the singing group. Uh, no, those everyday temptations that we face. How have you been able to overcome those in your own life? Maybe it's something that you struggle with uh, on a daily basis or very regularly in your life, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement on how you might be able to overcome some of those temptations. Um, it's something we all face. It's something we're all going to face for pretty much our entire lives. But there are ways that we can be on guard, that we can be more disciplined, more diligent in how we approach areas where we know we face those temptations. And we're talking today with Father Brian O'Brien. He is a priest in the Diocese of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And our phone number to call in is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, or email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Father, before the break, we were talking about uh, the the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And we talked about that first temptation. You know, the the second one... uh, when Satan, he shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world at once, he offers them all over to Jesus, if Jesus will worship Satan. And um, this one has always struck me as possibly the most difficult of the temptations, because Satan is essentially telling Jesus, you know, that suffering and that pain that you're going to have to go through, I can make all of that go away. You don't have to be tortured. You don't have to die on the cross. I won't even put up a fight. You know, this this world here, it became mine with the fall of Adam, but I will give it over to you if you simply just worship me here. It's almost like Satan is saying, nobody even needs to know. We're just kind of out here on our own. And, you know, that I, I think that's another part of temptation that can get us, well, nobody really knows. I don't think I'm hurting anybody in some of the ways that we give into those temptations. What do you see in Jesus' response here that can help us when we face those difficult temptations in our lives? Yeah, so Jesus Jesus responds, as he always does, um, with a, a heart of, of humility um, to, to, to the offer of, you know, hey, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Um, one, I think Je- Jesus has a knowledge that I'm in, I'm in charge here. Um, I think a lot of times when, when, when temptation comes our way, 
we, we can get into kind of a sense of inevitability of like, either because we've given into it before. And so it, it's like, oh, no, like here, you know, here we go again. And I gave in last time. And so I have to give in. I, I'm just it's just inevitable. I'm going to give in again. Well, when, when we have the power, the power of Christ, right, is the, is the most powerful thing in the world. St. Paul writes, you know, at the, na- at the name of Jesus, every knee will bend in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And so just the, the name of Jesus um, is, is power. And so when those temptations come, it's not inevitable that we're going to give in um, because we have the, the power of Jesus, because we, we build up virtue in our life. Uh, so I think that's, you know, that, that Jesus could have given in to that temptation, but he knows that he's in charge. And I think when we enter into, when temptation comes, to, to recognize who we are, God's beloved sons and daughters, um, in, in whose name we have been baptized, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the power that comes with um, the, the power of the Trinity, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the name of Jesus, uh, when we have that behind us, we can overcome temptation just as Jesus did. Uh, but it takes humility to know that we're not in charge. Jesus is in charge. Yeah. Uh, Father, let's go to the phones. Um, maybe we can come back and talk about building up those virtues in our lives in a moment. But want to get to uh, a couple of callers here. Our phone number to call in and speak with Father O'Brien, 888-914-9149, Father Ed is calling in from Vallejo, California. Hi, Ed. Welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, okay, I'll get right to it. You know, on Fridays, I uh, I say I'm going to fast for the Lord. So I'll have maybe a couple of pancakes in the morning, and then the day I'm retired, too. So the day goes by, and it goes by, and I'm doing some things, and I'll watch TV, and then I'll stay up, and I'll start thinking, oh, it's getting closer to 12 midnight. Oh, it's almost the next morning. I could I could, I could, think about eating again. And then come, come 1130 at night, I'll start, hey, I better go start cooking something now. And I'm thinking, I'm defeating the whole purpose of what I want to do for our Lord. <laughs> and then I just go ahead and cook, and I eat, and I think, well, that was a waste. So I really have to use that spirituality to, to understand and, and the sacrifice for the Lord or what he went through. That's all I, that's all I have to say. You know, it's that temptation. And, and looking, you know, I kept looking forward to food so much that I lost the thought of what it's all about, what the, what the, what the sacrifice is all about. And uh, that's all I had to say. I got to just practice really what it's all about for the Lord. Yeah, Ed, that's uh, so that's great. So one, I'm just I applaud you. I mean, a great spiritual practice of fasting on Fridays, fasting you know throughout throughout the week, and and so in your case, I mean, a lot like Jesus, like Josh was just talking about. You know, when we got to, it was at the end of his fast of of the forty days in the desert. That's when Satan came. So here you are. You know, you're kind of fasting all day. It's going pretty well. And where where does it where does it start to go wrong sometimes at the end, you know, at the, at the very end of the day? Um, and I'll just share with you just real, a great story about St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, 
when he was, so he lived in the 13th century Dominican. He was, his family was not wild about his vocation. And so one of the things they did was they actually sent like a woman to his, to his room to like to tempt him. Well, he, he did not want to give in. He did not want to sin. And so what he did was he took dramatic action. Um, he had a fire going. He took like a brand, uh, put it into the fire and like chased this woman away. Now, like a pretty dramatic action. Well, in, in your case, Ed, I would say just very practically, you know, you come to, the, to, to those late night hours and, you, and you're hungry. Um, wh- you know, what do you do? Do you go to the kitchen? Do you? I would say the dramatic action there is go to bed. Like, it, you know, because I think the longer you stay up, the closer you get to the kitchen, the more you open the fridge, the more you kind of have all the stuff out on the counter, you're, you're already giving in to that temptation. And so the dramatic thing there would be, Lord, I, I don't want, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to eat in the morning. We call it breakfast to break the fast. Um, the dramatic action there, Ed, is is go to bed. Uh, and I think that, that, that will then kind of not put you into that sort of close proximity to what is going to allow you to give in to that temptation. You know, Father, in listening to Ed, too, it reminds me so often of there'll be days where I'm busy with, you know, maybe I'm doing projects around the house or I'm at work or or whatever it might be. And I might go for hours and hours and hours without eating. And I I get to the end of the day and (laughs) realize, okay, I hardly had anything for breakfast. I skipped lunch. Yeah, I'm kind of running on empty here. But... I'm okay. I made it through the day and it wasn't that big of a deal. Then I get to Ash Wednesday or I get to Good Friday and it's 9.30 in the morning and for some reason, because that's the day where the church requires that we fast, all of a sudden I I need a cheeseburger (laughs) first thing in the morning. You know, it's so hard when when we have those times that we say, okay, I want to purposefully fast and spend that time in prayer. Um... It seems like we can do it without thinking about it at other times, but when we're purposefully trying to go into that spiritual growth, we're going to face that temptation even more. Uh, Any suggestions on, you know, you you talk about those kind of dramatic responses there, but also maybe preparing ahead of time, uh, any sort of prayers or, you know, um, maybe spiritual reading that you would suggest that can maybe kind of bolster and help us in those moments so that the temptation doesn't get the best of us or maybe come on quite as strong when we are trying to have that purposeful spiritual time and growth? Yeah, so I think definitely think, thinking things through ahead of time. So let's just let's take late night television. Um which is a temptation for a lot of people, or kind of late late in the evening, you know, every, the the day is over, you're not quite ready for bed, even though you probably are tired enough to go to bed and you'd fall right asleep. Um, it, a lot of times, that that's where people, when we're sort of doing things mindlessly, uh, that's where temptation really kicks in because we don't really have a purpose. And so um, I use, you know, my calendar. I'm very tied to my calendar as a as a priest. Um, for me, my calendar really helps to keep keep my life well ordered, um, and so having prayer in in my calendar, um, you know, I don't have in my calendar like go to sleep, 
Um, but I have a general sense of like when the day is over, sometime soon after that, I'm I'm going to bed. And I can think of that in the, like I know, I can say probably pretty darn close, barring an emergency right now, what time I'm going to bed tonight. And but if but if that's sort of open ended, then then I might end up watching you know, some sports late into the night, or I might end up sort of grazing in the, in the in the kitchen, uh, you know, on food that I don't need, because my life is not, you know, is, is would not be in a well ordered place. So I think thinking through your your schedule, uh, looking at in in your own life, everyone listening, when are you, um, you know, when are you kind of most triggered? When are you most tempted? And then building things into your calendar that make it so that those times are going to be less tempting than other times. That's one of the ways that I do it to build, to try to build a well-ordered life. Talking about temptation here on The Inner Life today, our spiritual director is Father Brian O'Brien. He's a priest in the Diocese of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and what are some of those areas that you've struggled with temptation in the past, and what has helped you? Maybe you have some strategies, some helpful ways that allow you to stay strong when you are tempted. Um, how has God helped you in those moments of weakness? Maybe you're struggling with something right now, and you'd like to speak with Father O'Brien. Again, the phone number to call into the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Mark, who's calling in from Wisconsin. Mark, glad to have you here on the program. You're on the air with Father O'Brien. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right outside of Madison, but there's there's like five gay bars here, and I struggle with homosexuality, and I, I just... It's, it's everywhere here. It's just the university promotes it, and, and you know it's a, a big college town here. And I, there's you know they have a ten percent group on campus. And I, I, how can I overcome this? Yeah, Mark. Thank you. Um, thank you for really uh, an, on, an honest question. We live in a culture, and this this is where I think for for all of us. Um, temptation is everywhere, right? Wake up in the morning, turn on your TV, turn on your radio, open your phone, drive down the street. Um, I think those who have been around, I'm, I'm 46, but those who have been around, you know, long, longer than me, you know, even even billboards have, have changed. Um, things that are now kind of out in public. Um, you know, bars, the bars you mentioned, Mark, um, strip clubs, those kinds of, they're, they're, they're like everywhere, um, they're all over the place. Um, and so that is where a, a, a life for you, Mark, and, and anybody else listening, um, a, a personal prayer life is going to be the best foundation from which to, to fight temptation. Um, I'll speak for myself here. When my prayer life is good, my resistance to temptation is good. Um, when my prayer life isn't good, when my prayer life falls apart, I'm much more likely to give in to temptation. Um, and so just on a, on a personal level, uh, Mark, um, staying close to the sacraments, having a personal prayer life. Um, and then I would even say, you know, like, it, you know, those, those bars are, you know, in your neighborhood and, and, are, and are tempting for you. Um, you know, would it be possible, I don't know your neighborhood, but like to, 
you know, to, to take a different route. Um, even if it's, you know, a mile out of the way where you're, you're not driving by those every day. Those are some of the little things that, that all of us can do to, to, to avoid the, the temptation that comes into our lives. Where am I being tempted? And then how can I avoid those things so that they're not as in, you know, kind of in my life as they normally are? Mark, I'm really glad you called in. Um, I hope that's helpful. And uh, Father, maybe we can pick up here in just a moment and talk about sexual temptation, about sexual sin, because I know that's going to be one of the big areas that a lot of people wrestle with. You know, we have such a a promiscuous culture, a culture that um, has changed so much from even even my childhood, um, you know, what we now see that is acceptable, that is allowed, um, just the rampant availability of pornography. So maybe we can talk a little about that when we come back, but we do need to take one more quick break here. Um, we're going to continue our conversation with Father O'Brien on how to resist temptation. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father at 888-914-9149. Again, back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Today I'm joined by Father Brian O'Brien, a priest in the Diocese of Tulsa, the pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And today talking about temptations that we struggle with. Maybe you're struggling with a temptation and you would like some advice, some insight on how you might be able to resist that temptation. You're welcome to call and speak with Father O'Brien, 888-914-9149, Father, right before the break, we spoke with Mark, um, you know, asking about some of those sexual temptations that we face. And uh, as I mentioned, we just have a culture that is rampant with sexual imagery, with the idea of uh, you know hooking up that this is a good and normal thing to do. Um, there's so much out there again, pornography, which is widespread and available so easily online now, um, such a different world than what we lived in maybe thirty years ago. In your work as a priest, you know, helping people as a pastor, what have you seen with this area of sexual purity, resisting temptations when it comes to pornography or other sexual-related uh, conversation or activity? What has helped people the most in your experience in trying to move past that sexual temptation? Yeah, so a number of things, Josh. The you know, first of all, what what is readily available to us as as Catholics? You know, number one, I mentioned, you know, just of a, a life of prayer, a life of daily prayer, will will help every aspect of your life, um, including how you resist temptation, um, invoking the name of Jesus, uh, praying the Rosary. Those are those are things that are immediately accessible to every person, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, um, in the world. Um, being close to the sacraments, you know, so re- receiving, um, a, you know, as frequently as you can, um, Holy Communion, and then the the sacrament of reconciliation, right? We were not meant 
to to live with sin. And so Jesus gave us uh, the sacrament of reconciliation so that when we sin, we don't have to walk around with it. Um, we're, we're not meant to kind of constantly live under the burden of sin. We can be free from it. Uh, and then the other thing that confession does, you know, confession, we, we are forgiven, but also in, in confession and all the sacraments, we're strengthened. Um, and so when we go to confession, and I would say especially if you're, if you're dealing with um, uh, an issue with chastity, sexual sin, pornography, uh, or some other thing, um, frequent confession, especially kind of early on as you're really kind of grappling with it. You know, I mentioned that story about St. Thomas Aquinas and like taking really dramatic action to resist temptation. Um, for a lot of us, you know, maybe we go to confession not very often or we go to confession once a year. I go or always go before Easter. What if you went like every week for a month? Uh, I think you would see progress. Uh, and so taking that kind of dramatic action is really helpful. Then I think there's other things that are really practical. Um, we, there's a phrase we use kind of priests and seminarians called custody of the eyes, right? What are you looking at um, when, when you're driving down the street, when you're looking online? You know, what are you looking at? Keeping custody of one's eyes so that you're not going to, you know, and looking at things. There's, there's great um, technology helps. Um, one of them is a, is a program called Covenant Eyes that will actually help block certain things on your computer. Uh, there's, a, there's an accountability aspect to it where you can have someone in your life who, who will have access to everything that you're looking at. For a lot of people, that's a major deterrent. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to go look at that because if I go look at that, then I know that my, my brother or my roommate or you know whoever my accountability partner is going to see that I looked at it, and that will prevent people from from going down that road. So there's a number of those um, kind of really practical things. I really like the Victory app um, from a group called Life Teen out of Phoenix. Uh, it's a, it's a way to to monitor you know what what you're doing online. Those are just a few of the practical things that I think can really help in in resisting, uh, especially sexual sin. You also mentioned the word chastity, that is the virtue there. And you had mentioned that earlier in the hour, um, you know, that we can work on building up the virtues. And maybe we can talk about that for a moment. A lot of what we've discussed so far are practical ways to avoid temptations, to, you know, get away from those, uh, you know, take, take the longer way to where you're getting so you don't have to drive by, uh, you know, something that is a temptation for you. Um, you know, have something in place that will prohibit you or, de you know, deter you from giving into a temptation. But then on the other side, we want to grow in the virtues. Uh, you know, for each sin, at least the major categories of sin, there is that corresponding virtue. How can we, how can we practice and grow in those virtues? What, what are some, some maybe suggestions you'd give in that area, Father? Yeah, so think, think of virtues like muscles, uh, when when we use a muscle a lot, when we work out, um, that muscle grows stronger. Uh, when we don't, if you just lie in bed all day, uh, there's this thing called atrophy, and it happens to your muscles. They become weaker. They, they start to kind of disintegrate. Well, the same is true of virtues. Virtues have to be practiced. And so maybe chastity is, is, a, is a virtue you don't have a lot of right now. Uh, 
And so starting and taking some of those dramatic actions, you know, if you think of, think of it this way, um, you know, what are those, wh- what is leading you into, 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 um, you know, giving into sexual sin? Uh, is it, is it your television? Is it your phone? Is it something that you have in your house? Um, what are some dramatic actions you can take to get rid of that right now? Uh, that's a major first step to building up that muscle, to building up that, that virtue of chastity. It's not something that's just sort of going to appear overnight. Uh, habits, uh, these, these virtues, they get built up. And so starting where you are, uh, and and building it gradually. You think of somebody who runs a marathon, right? They don't wake up one day and say, I- "I'd like to run a marathon. Uh, I'm going to do that today." Right? You build up. You run. You run a mile. Then you run five. Then you run ten. And then before you know it, you're running 26, and and that gets built up. So wherever you are in kind of your walk with the virtue of chastity, beginning now, beginning today, building up that muscle. And eventually you'll see that the fruit of that virtue will will grow, and then suddenly temptation isn't as big a deal as it used to be. I think it never goes away, but you've built up that muscle to be able to resist. Another thing you mentioned, too, uh, as you were talking about some of the different, you know, the... um, making sure that our eyes are always kind of protected, you know, that we're not looking at things that we shouldn't. Um, You mentioned that there can be that accountability partner. Maybe we can talk for a moment about the danger of trying to face temptation alone. Um, Does that make us more susceptible to falling? You know, people in AA, they have sponsors that they can call when they're feeling weak. But it's not always easy to admit our uh, our failings, our faults to another person. It's hard enough in the confessional behind a screen when we're anonymous. So you really have to trust that other person. Um, what do you see as the benefits of having that person you can be accountable to? It's it's a big deal. So you know when G- Jesus himself, you know when he sends out his missionaries, he sends them out what two you know two by two. Uh, we hear it in the scriptures. Man was not meant to be alone. We 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 were made for each other. It's why we come to church. When people say, "I just I'll just stay at home and worship from my house," well, it doesn't work that way. We were meant to be together, um, and so that having an accountability partner, and that may not be immediately accessible, but I would start with confession. Confession is a is a can be the the start of that accountability. Um, and then when you go to confession, I would say this, is be really brutally honest. Um, give the priest a kind of a background, you know, to say, you know, Father, I'm a, I'm a single man in my 30s, or I'm a married man in my 60s, um, I'm, I'm a teenager, whatever. To give that context for the priest so that we can then help you uh, better. But, and then to be brutally honest with your sins. You don't have to go into great detail, um, but... but kind of number and kind, what's the sin and how often, that begins to start that accountability uh, just just in the confessional. And then from there, you hopefully you can build up holy friendships within family, within the parish, within your community, uh, and then that can be another level of accountability that will help you uh, build up that muscle of virtue. Let's talk about also, you mentioned discouragement, and we're down to our last few minutes here, but where 
there's a temptation that we've given into again and again and again. It's that it's that sin that keeps on coming up in our lives, whatever it might be. Um, and, and there's a couple of things here. One is when we're battling the temptation, it can feel like we've we're just really gone through the ringer, you know. Um, but this is also one of those where it kind of takes me back to what you were saying about the virtues. Hopefully, if we are able to resist that temptation, even though we feel drained, we feel worn out by trying to resist it, it is allowing those muscles to kind of grow so that the next time we might be able to resist it even a little better. Yeah, and I love the phrase of a, uh, a, a guy named guy named Mark Hart who works for Life Teen out in Phoenix, and he has he he just said once he said you know sin is optional. Um, I love that. I love that. It, 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 when when we sin, I think we we have this sense I mentioned earlier of like inevitability. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But sin is optional, and so we gotta we gotta you know we pray and then we, we practice the virtue of chastity to build that that muscle up so that um, fleeing from sin, resisting sin, resisting temptation becomes. Uh, it, it becomes easier. It never becomes easy, but it becomes easier because we have built up that that virtue. What would you say to the person who has been doing okay, falls, and then there's that moment of discouragement, you know, that failure there, and they kind of throw up their hands and say, ah, I, I, they start beating themselves up for it. You know, what would be your advice? Just get back up, try again, get to confession as soon as possible. Any, any other words that you might suggest? Yeah. So I would say, where, you know, where's that, where's that spirit of discouragement coming from? It's not coming from Jesus. Um, Jesus who loves you as his beloved son, you, you, that, that spirit of discouragement is of the, is of the devil. And so to, to resist that as well, um, that that sin is not inevitable, that sin is optional, that God is calling us to to a different way of life, uh, and so yeah, as much as possible to put aside that spirit of discouragement and to to begin again. Right, every day is a is a new day, and with every day comes new graces, new opportunities uh, to to do a lot of good and to serve the Lord. Uh, so not not giving in to that that spirit of discouragement yeah. that will only kind of spiral a person downward. Father O'Brien, uh, so glad to have you on the program today, and uh, we're down to about thirty seconds here. Could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? I'd be happy to happy to pray with you and give you a blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask your blessing upon all those who are listening today. We ask that you build up in us the great virtue of chastity, that you help us to resist temptation as we call upon the name of your Son. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Father O'Brien. 
Great to have you on the show today, and I want to say thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engesser for their help in producing the program. If you joined us late, if you'd like to go back and listen to the entire hour, the podcast will be posted shortly at our website, relevantradio.com, or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. And I hope you can join us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the saints, how we can develop our friendship with the saints. It's going to be a great conversation. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained with with Kale Clark, and I hope you have a blessed rest of your afternoon.